What's up, nerds? Antonio Padilla, this is your Arthur. Welcome back to the roundtable. With me, as always, is my Lancelot, Cliff Miller. Cliff, say what's up. What's up, what's up? Really quick, just want to give a big shout-out uh, to my daughter. She turned eight today, That's so right. happy birthday, Kira. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy I was going to say, like, you know, it's a big day. It's your daughter's birthday. And uh, I was going to bring this up at the top of the show. Anyway, today is March 1st, 2019, as of recording. Um, like Cliff said, it's his daughter's birthday, and boy, does she uh, share her birthday with someone who is right in the geek world. Today is also Zack Snyder's birthday, so give it up for the both of them. Shout out to Zack. So yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out. <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout out to Zack Snyder. Shout out to Cliff's daughter. You know, it's a it's a, it's a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> and uh, speaking of, like, boy, do we have a lot of news for you guys today? So. This is going to be a big one. Uh, some of this stuff, um, you know, is basically just uh, how it reads on the on the page. There's not a whole lot to it other than just some information. Like, first of all, uh, this is going to be a real quick one. Uh, Shazam trailer, Monday. Get hyped. <laughs> yeah, get hyped. Uh, 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 David F. Sandberg, the director, and Zachary Levi confirmed on all of their social media today that the trailer dropped Monday. So... Like I said, get hyped. So, yeah, I know, like, I've been waiting on the next trailer. I know everybody else has, so there you go. Uh, Cliff, you excited to see the new trailer? Of course I'm excited to see a new trailer, man. I'm I'm kind of hoping that in this trailer <laughs> um, that we could see the rest of the Shazam family. But if not, hey, I'm okay with that. So let's uh, keep high hopes. Yeah, that, that's interesting you say that because I was actually like, I hope we don't see the Shazam family in the trailer. <laughs> Like, I'm cool with, like, if they want to hint at it or maybe tease it a little bit. Because, like, in my head, I was like, I don't want to see them. Like, I don't want to see Adam Brody. I don't want to see any of those guys. But maybe, like, if there's a line in there where Freddy's says to Billy or Shazam, whoever, and he's like, yo, do you think I can get superpowers? And they kind of look at each other like, huh, never thought of that. Like, that'd be cool. But, I, yeah. I would like to see, like, all the kids together and then just be like, oh, for right. Sure like in a line and then they're like you know you'll see billy and he's like hey are you ready and everybody else is like yeah and then right before they all say yeah. it like it just cuts you're like what yeah, yeah, yeah. what <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh no like i was also i was also thinking like even if you just hear all the kids say shazam and then you see the lightning but that's it like you cut like i'm cool with that too like just do not show them you know in the suits and all that like please leave that <laughs> leave that for the movie yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah trailer on Monday super hyped super excited uh, next story again like some of these we're just going to roll through because we don't have a whole lot of details on it other than just what's been given to us on the page Aquaman 2 release date December 16th 2022 hell yeah that's four years after the first one and I know that sounds like a long time to wait but remember uh, the Dark Knight was four uh, no, no, no. Dark Knight Rises was four years after The Dark Knight. So, yeah, you know, and considering how much uh, James Wan uh, took his time with the first Aquaman to get the, the, the effects and everything ready, I say give him all the time he needs. You know, y you can't rush perfection. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Cliff, you got any thoughts on this? No, I'm just hyped, man. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Jason Momoa pick up the Trident again and, uh, you know, hopefully we catch another Haka at like the opening premiere. Yes. So that's what I'll be hyped yes. for. 
Yeah, that was that was pretty dope. I love that. <laughs> I love I loved uh, how excited he and just how into it he got. Like he he broke the trident over his knee. Like that was no, I that just, was dope. I think what it is is funny too because like reading news articles and stuff. Like when that happened, they're like, um, mm-hmm. I think it said like Bomo family does like crazy dance or awkward dance at red carpet. And we're like, a lot of people from like the Polynesian islands were pissed because they're like. How you oh, not I know what the haka it. is? Like, that's a war dance yeah. they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's like every move is very particular in like their haka, right? But the oh, one yeah. that's really always sticks out to me is when people stick out their tongue because when people stick out their tongue mm-hmm. in a Polynesian culture, it means that they're gonna eat you. And I'm like, y'all have yeah. no idea that these guys will kill <laughs> you and eat you. That's what they're saying to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. It's no joke, man. And I'm with you, man. Like, um, I love I love how much Jason like embraces the character and tries to imbue him with his own culture and his own heritage and whatnot. And that's that's really what I was responded to with his Aquaman. Like, uh, have you seen the movie yet, Cliff? I I have not. I I have not. Okay. I'm, I'm bad. So <laughs> I'm gonna drop a little. It's a minor spoiler. It's not like plot plot wise or anything but you do see him in the movie he does a little bit of a haka nice in the movie and it's at a very awesome point in the movie and i swear man i wanted to jump up and cheer in the movie theater when he did it so <laughs> yeah man i'm i'm with you man so yeah, yeah yeah uh you know december 16th 2022 i feel like that's just the right amount of time to let everybody get to get everything, you know, to put this movie together and have it be as good as it possibly can be. So, you know, True. I'm uh, like, believe me, I want, I want, I would love for this movie to come out next year. But like I said, you know, you can't rush perfection. So, yeah, well, you, you also have to take so, into yeah. account, like, you have Aquaman and then Justice League mm-hmm. 2, and then mm-hmm. you would have Aquaman 2, which makes sense in the realm of like, the timing and how everything was going to flow together. It just makes sense. It's exactly how like Marvel did phase one. When we saw all the movies come out in phases, they didn't rush to get to the second one. Like how long was it between yeah. Thor, like Captain America and the winter soldier? Like, I think that was a four year difference too. Yeah. It was about three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. So I mean, people could be patient. Uh, the, fir- the first Avenger came out in 2011. The winter soldier came out in 2014. So yeah, it's three, three years. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. Just be patient, man. Like, cause there's gonna be plenty of other content out there to to hold you over. Right. So you know. All right. So uh, the next piece of news we have. This is, again, this is just what it is on the page. Uh, actor Joshua Orpin, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. If I'm if I'm mispronouncing it, forgive me. I apologize. Uh, he was recently cast as Connor Kent, aka Superboy for Titans season two. Now I have no idea who this actor is. This is the first time I've ever heard his name. And I, you know, obviously I looked him up and, you know, again, I don't recognize him from anything he's been in, but he's got a good look, you know, I mean, he looks like he could be Superboy for sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. Any, any kind of news we get for Titans, I'm, I'm really excited about because I loved season one so much. And, uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over that cold that I had. Um, the the season one, the way it ended with the post credit scene that actually reveals that Superboy exists. You know, the, the last thing you see is an actor 
probably a stunt double or something because you never see his face, but you see Superboy break out of Cadmus Lab. And, uh, you know, that was exciting. That was super exciting. So, you know, just the confirmation that that wasn't just some kind of Easter egg or anything like that. The character is going to be a full on character in season two uh, is very cool. So, you know, Cliff, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I don't even know if you've seen Titans yet, but uh, (laughs) you got any any opinions, any thoughts? We talked about like before this show, before you started recording, we talked about um, like a secret that I wanted to kind of talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. So, how amazing was it that Dick couldn't get out of his own fear and got locked in? So, so you did watch you did watch season one. <laughs> I feel like you're smiling on the other side because I'm telling you. This right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm to- I'm totally smiling. I'm like, oh, he watched it finally. <laughs> yes, but I-, I agree, man. Like that was a that was a hell of an episode, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, like, that, I remember that the first time season. I watched it, I was like, oh, like, we're going here, man. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, yo, it was yeah, mad man. crazy. I, I, like, I'm going to tell you, like, I, I legitimately could not believe, like, the whole series is so good. So, guys, if you're listening and you have not seen Titans yet, it is worth a watch. It's, it's got its comedic mm-hmm. points. Overall, though, I would say the, oh, yeah. the tone of the, the tone of the show I felt was really dark and gritty, but... There was a reason for it, which like made perfect sense. Like, I really was one hundred percent a part of the show. I felt like I got to all the great parts, and then a cliffhanger would happen. I was like, "Oh, wait for the next episode." (laughs) But um, yeah, I I literally sat down Tuesday morning, watched the first episode, and Tuesday night. Um, I had to wait Wednesday morning. I watched the second episode and then Thursday I burned through six episodes <laughs> and then I finished and I'm, I'm being honest. When I tell you this. I finished the last episode this morning at like 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, just in time. Like, just yeah. Time so that's, so that's still burned in there. I just, I, I really liked a lot of things. I'm going to be honest, man. I didn't see this coming, but I really liked Minka Kelly as dove like oh yeah she she was so good but the only thing i think i had was because i'm not too familiar with hawk and dove i just found it Mm -hmm. very crazy how like how steady her character was like obviously hank is like the emotional one he's like all over the place and clearly like dove is just like very like very smooth sailing like i was just blown away by everything yeah, 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 and 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 that is kind of their relationship in the comic books. Like he's kind of the hot-headed one who's kind of unstable, and she's there to kind of balance him out. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I, I obviously I knew who they were, but I wasn't like the biggest fans, a biggest fan of the characters. But after I saw them on the show, especially their own, uh, you know, they did the the origin episode for them, and. Like, like a lot of the other fans who watched the show, I was like, yo, Hawk and Dove show. I need it. Need it yeah. in my life. Because that episode was so... It was so unexpected in a way that, like, I didn't expect them to go where they did with it. And, you know, like, because obviously, you know, we didn't know what they were going to do with this show or, you know, what they were even allowed to do on the streaming service. But now we know. And, like, I, I love it. I need more of that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm... I'm so on board with it. Like, yeah, if they if they give us a Hawk and Dove show, I'm all for it, man. 
Yeah, and I was I was just man, just so much that I thought was really great about Hawk and Dove, like just together. Yeah. And you know, and I'll be, and I don't want to give anything away, but um, like just the dynamic between like all the characters, I thought was really well played. I was very mm-hmm. interested in um in Garth. It just yes, I don't I don't know how I feel about his character, though I realize like he's like supposed to be like the awkward teenager in it i just mm-hmm. i don't i guess i wanted more from it but i'll wait till season two to see if we get like more of his character development because i was just like all right so he's kind of like the icebreaker of the group all right cool whatever and then like yeah yeah, yeah. there's i'm just waiting to see if he taps yeah, more into I, his abilities yeah yes yeah I, I felt the same way i was like oh he only seems to be doing the tiger thing but yeah. You know, like they they do kind of uh kind of in passing he says that he just you know, he he hasn't really figured out how to tap into uh any any other kind of animal. And I get that, you know, like I get it. Um uh, and clearly they are saving a lot of things for season 2. Like I don't know if you know this, but they actually shot an additional 3 episodes for season 1, but they decided to end it on the episode that they did because they want to save those three episodes for the season two. Right. So they have three episodes in the can that we haven't seen yet. Uh, And like, I know that because there were pictures that surfaced showing Starfire in her comic book costume, uh, Raven in a more comic book accurate costume. And we know that Dick Grayson was supposed to don the Nightwing costume by the end of season one. Obviously that didn't happen. But like I said, it's because they kind of they decided to save those three episodes for season two. So you know who knows what else is 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 in those episodes that we didn't get to see. Yeah, uh, also, but yeah, like definitely. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say like, you know, the the tease of Superboy. Uh, is it Crypto Dog? Is that his the the other Crypto? Tease? Yeah. Crypto. And then um, uh, Wonder Lady. Like I I don't know, man. Like I was hyped. Like there were so many cool mm. like little cameo appearances by different and i know like that's obviously giving like spoilers away but trust me guys if you like start watching the <laughs> show it still is gonna suck you in but like all the yeah, little intros and little knacks i i know personally from um the cell phone i missed i missed a few names i know i caught i caught bruce and alfred of course but mm-hmm. i know i was like i know mm-hmm. if i go back and rewatch this scene and pause just at the right point i'll see a lot more names than i had before because i know i missed a few names as he was flipping through yeah yeah yeah. and like you know that that that's the other thing that i loved about this show is like if you love uh the world that it takes place in like there are so many easter eggs in here like i can't even begin to (laughs) i wouldn't know where to begin to start listing them number one (laughs) But like, yeah, like it, it, it's chock full of, of references and Easter eggs for, for fans. And I think that's part of what pulled me in. I was like, oh, like they're not afraid to, to be like, yeah, Wonder Woman exists in this universe. <laughs> you know, like because, you know, um, uh, Donna, Donna Troy, uh, the Wonder Girl, you know, she's, um, she's oh, Diana's sister, younger yeah. sister. And, you know, and she even mentions Diana, you know, and uh, Dick mentions that Bruce and Diana work together. And it's like, you know, they mention so many characters, like, even though you don't get to see them all, 
uh, spoiler alert, you do get to see some of them. Um, but you know, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those shows that like, I didn't expect so many, uh, really great Easter eggs and references and, yeah, that, that's part of what I love about the show. Like, th- there is a world there, and even though we don't get to see all of it, they they do mention it. You know, so that's that's pretty cool. I loved it. Also, I love it. <laughs> I have to say, um, the scene it would have been it would been the final scene, and you'll know what I'm talking about right away uh, with the building mm-hmm. and then the cops talking, um, mm-hmm. and then right after that in the asylum, yo, yeah. I. Deadass was like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever fucking seen in my life. Oh my god, there were so yeah. many character references. I was like, I cannot believe that this man did this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that scene in the asylum, uh, I'm not going to say what it was, but obviously, you know, people are going to know what we're talking about when we say the asylum. But yeah, that scene, that whole episode had so many great little character uh cameos i guess we could say um but yeah it was it was incredible i loved that episode and i mean like i love every episode of that show so far and but like that was great that was like fan service 101 like they were like we know what you're here for and here it is (laughs) so (laughs) yeah man i i I loved it i loved it i can't wait for season two so also i have to if if we ever do, I just got to keep this on this note. If we give a chance to give out uh, an award to creepiest villain, like award, yo, the 1950 fucking mm-hmm. family has to be that. Yeah, the <laughs> nuclear family. Yo, yeah, they were. They creeped me creepy out. <laughs> AF. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like I went. To yeah, bed. they were super creepy. Yes. Yo, yeah, I, I went to I went to bed and I was like, I hope these guys don't come to my house. Like, I was that freaked out. It's like, oh, I can't take this family. <laughs> Me too, man. Like, I was watching the show and I was like, oh wow, they brought these guys into the show. Like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, that's cool. Like, like oh, please don't do this to me because I know I know what's gonna happen and I don't like this. <laughs> so. Yo, they just. Yeah, man. Good morning, family. How are you doing today? <gasps> There's someone at the door. I'll be right back, honey. I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. It's crazy. I know. Right? <laughs> it was so unsettling, like how, yeah, like like because it's the facade that they're just this normal suburban family, right? But you, there's that disturbing like undertone, like there's something off. <laughs> well, it's like. The show takes place yeah, like but... the show takes place in like two thousand, like two thousand ten, and here's this family from like nineteen fifties, and you're like, yeah, you don't belong. <laughs> you definitely don't belong here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the moment you're introduced to them, like immediately, like sets something off in your brain, and you're like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, so Cliff, man, I'm just glad you watched the show. So like. <laughs> Because now I can talk about to, to you about stuff, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So that's great. Definitely. Have you? Uh, did you start Doom Patrol yet, or no? Or what did you think of that episode? Let me the Doom let me Patrol ask episode. You that. Yes. Uh you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. I really, I really enjoyed the Doom Patrol episode. Um, I, I was kind of kind of weirded out at first because 
there's, I guess to me, there's not things that are adding up yet. So I'm just kind of waiting for things mm-hmm. to play out. And obviously I say that because there was a, I don't know how to put it without giving things away. Cause I guess if you haven't watched yeah. Doom Patrol yet, um, but um, the chief, you know, like he was like yeah. walking and then like all of a sudden, if, yeah. you, if you're watching Doom Patrol, like other things are going on and you're kind of like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get it right now. So I have to have to be patient, but um, I have to be honest, man. Um, I, I, I'm still like, I'm still digesting uh, what I watched for Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, but I did yeah. like the episode because I thought um, that uh, I thought Garth fit the family. He was like the awkward brother in the group. And then once he left, like he just became like the awkward sidekick for like the Titans. So I definitely liked it. But there's definitely yeah. there's definitely aspects in Doom Patrol that's got me kind of questioning like what's going on. Because where does does Garth fit in here? If he doesn't, if he's gone, like what's going on? Like I just, I don't know. Those are questions that I have to figure out still. But I'm sure like mm-hmm. throughout the season, we'll get those answers. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I mean, like, I don't know if you know this, but that uh, the whole thing with Beast Boy being a part of the Doom Patrol, that's actually comic book accurate. Like, he was a member of the Doom Patrol before he was a Teen Titan. And that was one of the things I loved about the show was, like, they were like, you know, if we're going to introduce Beast Boy, obviously we're going to have the Doom Patrol because we also want to do that TV show as well. So that was super cool to me. So... No, and, and I mean I get that, right? Like I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know that, but I kind of got it from the show. Mm-hmm. Like he was there on the family side. Yeah. But so mm-hmm. here, so we'll let's jump over to Doom Patrol, right? So we're on okay. we're on episode. Right. So we've had our first couple episodes. Episode three I, just dropped today. Yes, and I have to be honest. Like last week we were talking about it, um, but I have to feel bad. Mm-hmm. For Brandon Fraser's character, God Cliff Steele oh, yeah. just keeps getting the rod, like literally. <laughs> right. Like, I feel so bad for him, but here's that's so, what I'm saying, man. Like yo, I said, I cried that first episode when you got his backstory and yeah, you know the the twist in the middle of it with his daughter. I was like, oh come on, don't do that to the guy. Like, <laughs> yo, the. Yeah, that card threw me off. Like, I was like, holy shit, yeah. dude. But, so here's, like, my question, right? So, that whole mm-hmm. scene takes place in the 80s, according to, like, the very mm-hmm. first the very first thing you see in episode one. I just want to put that out there. I don't mm-hmm. want to make it a spoiler. But then we fast forward to 2016, right? Mm-hmm. And where's Beast Boy? Because you would assume that he's on the team by then. Chief is still in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and are they gonna touch back on that? Was like Beast Boy attached to the team for well, a little bit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the kind of questions I have. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I get that. I hope they do. I hope they do something that explains Beast Boy and like his time on the team, and that I hope they do reference that he left. Actually, I think they did in passing in the first episode, but I'll have to rewatch it to verify that. But um, also, the the thing with the chief, if you remember in the episode of Titans, you remember they said like you know when when he shows up, he sorry I'm getting tongue tied here, but um, when we're introduced to the chief, they do mention that oh he just 
uh, he just fixed himself or whatever. Like he can walk again, meaning yeah. he was in the wheelchair. And then um, we're going to get into some spoilers here, but <laughs> after <laughs> the thing that happens in that episode of Titans, when everything kind of goes wrong oh, with Raven, yeah, that's right. That's remember right. she, she tossed him yep. up against the wall. And they say like uh, they, he's they not, made it. Yeah. he doesn't feel so good right now because you know he just got the ability to walk, to walk back, and now he's back in the wheelchair. And the last shot you see of him on Titans is him sitting in the wheelchair, staring out the window. So you, no, they they do address yep. that like that's why he's in the wheelchair again. See, yeah, that's what yeah. happens when you binge watch a whole episode. You download so much information, <laughs> yeah. and then you just kind of lose it all. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. Like I said, like there, there are pieces of information. Like I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch some of uh, Doom Patrol uh, because uh, when I watched the first episode, I was it was when we were, I was out of town and I didn't I couldn't watch it on my TV. I was watching it on my on my laptop, <laughs> so I don't I don't feel like I fully got the the experience to watch the the first episode. Um, but uh, let let's do Doom Patrol reactions right now <laughs> because. I want to talk about uh, episode two, you know, because like I said, I didn't get to watch it before we recorded last week's show. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I have since watched it. I, 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 I've been so busy today. I didn't get to watch episode three yet. So, uh, but episode two and the introduction of Victor Stone, Cyborg, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I'm digging what they're doing with cyborg on the show. Like, I like the idea that he was, he was already in the public awareness as a hero, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I love that scene, that first scene between uh, cyborg and robot man, where they're, <laughs> I love that scene so much because it's, it's essentially robot man and a better, newer version of himself. And they just don't like each other at first. Yeah. <laughs> and, that argument they have where they're just insulting each other over and over again was so funny to me. Like I fell out of my chair laughing. Like it was so entertaining and so well-written, man. Like I I loved it. I like the first, I like, so even, even more than that, I liked the very first scene between Jane and, um, and cyborg where she was baby doll. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like he was yeah. like he's like no it's cool it's cool I got it I'm great with kids and then like he like, he starts talking and then she's like I don't like him make him go away he's like yeah yeah I've got this you heard her and he's just like <laughs> he's like I don't understand Jane whatever punk ass kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man like yeah I also really enjoyed that that scene with uh with cyborg and um, uh. And, one and, of the and crazy Jane. Jane, or you know, she was she was baby doll in that episode, in, in that scene. But yeah, I really liked that that scene too because, like, you know, as much as it was fun to watch uh, Victor and Cliff kind of clash with each other, it was also kind of nice to see that Cyborg, you know, he he did like he understood that she, you know, even though she looked like a, a an adult woman, like in that moment, she was a child, so he had to like talk to her like a child and kind of gain her trust, you know, show cat videos. And, from YouTube. But, but I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> but that's what I, that's what I love about these shows. Oh, and also I want to give a shout out to um, the guy who's show running doom patrol, Jeremy Carver, which when I saw his name in the credits, I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Uh, he 
was the guy who developed the American version of being human. Okay. And if you know anything about me, you knew that I loved that show when it was on the air. And he, he left that show, I think after season two, because he then was tapped to show run supernatural after the original showrunner left that show. And I don't know how long he was on that show. You know, I, I don't really watch supernatural, no disrespect. I know that show has a rabid fan base out there. So no disrespect. I'm just saying it's not my cup of tea, but, you know, when I figured out that that's who that was, I was like, oh, no wonder I like this show so much. Like he has a he gets that sense of humor, you know, like the the sort of the dark, cynical sense of humor, but also the the human side to those stories. Like even though even if you're telling a story about like vampires and werewolves or, you know, robot men and schizophrenic superheroes or whatever, like, you know, you can have all the big flashy set pieces you want but you're not going to connect to the story if you don't connect with the characters. Right. So yeah, I want to give a shout out for doing this thing. And that, like I said, when I found out he was the guy running the show, that just made me even more excited for what's to come. And I think they did the smart thing too, with leading off with Cliff Steele, like with Robot mm-hmm. Man, like, cause I don't, I don't know if you really would connect really well with like Rita or even if you connected, um, if you could connect with uh, Negative Man, but mm-hmm. I just I feel like Cliff's story was like so real that I was like, you had no choice yeah. but to ride that wave. And then I felt I don't know. It's funny too because I don't know. Maybe it's partly because Brendan Fraser hasn't been on TV for so long that I was like, yo, like look at this man. Like this is where he's at. But he's mm-hmm. so good at that role. And you're like, damn. He like, really is, yeah. I, I remember I was kind of laughing about it, though, because I was like, yo, man, Brandon Fraser has fallen off. Like, his driving suit looks <laughs> yeah. way big on him. Like, he looks way too big for that yeah, driving yeah, suit. Yeah. But his character, man, like, him, his character and the way he voices Robot Man, like, you have no choice mm-hmm. but to feel pity for this man because you're like, man, he just lost everything. And... I mean, I was like, I have to take a ride with this because, like, I'm I'm watching this show literally on my daughter's birthday, and I'm thinking about like the road that he's on. I was like, God, man, I have no choice but to connect it to him. So it, yeah. it was a smart move by them to start off with with that character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like I said, when I when I first started doing my reactions to Doom Patrol, like I said, um, you know, like like Brendan Fraser provided the voice for robot man on Titans, but we didn't get to see any flashbacks to, you know, when he was cliff steel. And so I agree with what you're saying. Like, I love that they, that's what they led with on this show. You know, we get to see him be the race car driver. And I, it's funny that you mentioned like, you know, like Brendan Fraser's kind, let's not beat around, but I don't mean this in any any kind of like mean hearted way, but like he's, you know, he he put on a few pounds since his heyday. But I feel like that kind of suits that character at that stage in his life. You know, he was this world famous race car driver. You know, he, he had all the wealth. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, uh, be warned the show is not for kids. The first thing you see him doing is just really giving it to his daughter's nanny. And they don't hold back on that scene. So, uh, what did yeah, he kept, I feel like he it kept, fit the character. What did he keep asking the nanny? Something about the fox. Like where does a fox go or something? Oh like that? god, dude, I don't. 
<laughs> I was thinking about that the whole Dude, time. I don't, I don't remember what he was saying, but oh my god, yeah, like you could tell that they were just like. Dude, just have fun with it. Like, be as like as weird and crazy as you want to be yeah, in that he, moment. So he said something along the lines of, but like... that's what I mean. Like, Brendan Fraser. Like, people kind of forget because you know, like I said, the last ten years or so of his career, he's kind of been on a downer. But like, the dude can act, you know, and you see it in this show. Like, whenever they flash back to him, I. As much as I love Robot Man, like I like seeing him play Cliff Steele because when you see like his emotions and the way he the way he emotes, like I feel like that's where you really see, you know, like the pain that this man is in. Like, you know, like when he's on the phone with his wife and he's like, you know, I don't even know what happened to us or if you even care. You know, it's like that was when I was my heart was breaking for the man because it's like, oh, man, you know, and that was before like all the terrible stuff happened like the really terrible stuff but it's it's funny yeah i think i think my heart broke when he was banging his head against the stairs and he said yes. uh he goes i can't even feel pain it's a dick move chief. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh god that sucks or like that's what, I, that's what i mean like he has that way of like you know he can be doing the character in like this really sad emotional moment but then, like, he'll just turn, like, just just on a dime, like, the last word in his sentence or whatever. And he'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like, like, that's because I was just going to say that. That's perfect because negative man, when he was like, I thought you could use some fresh air. He's like, I can't feel the air. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. 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 Cold truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, all oh, this man. stuff, yeah, all, and like all this said, stuff, like, uh, you're right, all the little quir- quips that he has, like, throughout the show, like, even in Titans, right, when um, mm-hmm. uh, Raven was like, I'll dance with you, because he's like, I, can't, I don't mm-hmm. know how to dance, she's like, I'll dance with you, or even when he's mm-hmm. like, um, he asks about, uh, he's like, the waffles, are they, like, light and crispy, yeah, when like, just enough syrup, <laughs> just enough syrup and a little bit of butter, and she's like, it'll perfect, yeah. he's like, oh, yes, <laughs> Yeah, like, because that's all he has, you know? So, yeah, man, I uh, the casting on this show, like I said, is great. Like, I love Brendan Fraser as Cliff Steele, Robot Man. And I, uh, <clears throat> you know, no disrespect to the guy who played the Chief on Titans, but I feel like Timothy Dalton was a major step up because, you know, the Chief is supposed to be this character that's like, you don't really know if he's, you know, he walks that line of like, he's a good guy, but not everything he does is so like on the up and up. Like he does some shady stuff. Yeah, he does. But and I feel like Timothy Dalton, he's just so charming and charismatic that even though you see he's a little shady, like I'm still like, yeah, but I still like I forgive you, Chief. It's cool. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> And like the guy, the guy who was on Titans, he was clearly walking the path of like, oh, you know, don't trust, don't trust me, you know, like, and that's fine, you know, like, but like I said, Timothy Dalton was a major step up, and like I freaked out when I heard he was going to be on the show. So, so I can't uh, wait I do for love you. Some T Dalton. I can't wait for you to watch episode three because I oh, did you've already. Seen episode three? I have oh, seen man. episode three. 
I'm not gonna give anything away. Right, don't I'm spoil just saying, it. Don't spoil it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just let you. Yeah, this was this was that episode. I was like, God damn! Like this was something I was looking forward to seeing. All right, all right. <laughs> now I've now I'm kind of. I should have watched it <laughs> <Yeah>. earlier. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> so all right. So um, Cliff, uh, thumbs up on Titans. Thumbs up so far on Doom Patrol. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And now the next thing I'm going to binge watch is uh, Young Justice. No, I'm sorry. There you go. That's not on my list. The next thing to binge watch on my list is the Umbrella Academy. Oh, yes. Yeah, like I still haven't gotten around to that. Yep. And I, I need sit to. Down. Yep. Because, yeah. So, yeah, uh, hopefully by the time we do the next show, Cliff and I will have watched umbrella academy and we'll give you our thoughts on that so <laughs> right i hear it's good i've heard nothing but good things about it so so i'll tell you um a bunch of my friends and i we play fantasy football and one guy in particular who's our commissioner um mm-hmm. he is a huge huge my chemical romance fan so when he found <laughs> out nice. who wrote the umbrella academy he went fucking postal <laughs> and he was like oh my god i have to watch this oh, now I'm sure. and he yeah he binge watched the whole season in one day and was like this was the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> he's like you guys gotta watch <laughs> this right now and he's not a comic book fan which made it even better mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's pretty high praise then for a guy who doesn't he's right. not really a comic book guy but yeah it's odd like i've heard similar things where people who were My Chemical Romance fans or fans of Gerard Way just in general, who had no idea he did comic books as well. And they were like, wait, what? He did what? Yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy is a comic book that he wrote? Like, oh man, I got to watch that right now. And I'm like, how do people not know this? Like, I did, I don't even like My Chemical Romance and I knew that. So, Well, you think about it, like but, people yeah, just man. hear the name and they're just kind of like, oh yeah, cool. And then you're like, wait, what? Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah i guess but yeah yeah so yeah hopefully we'll uh we'll have our uh our thoughts and opinions on umbrella academy for you i'm so hyped. hopefully next I'm week so hyped. sorry <laughs> i'm so hyped too man like i I've, I've kind of been beating myself up like man i i'm so excited for the show and i still haven't watched it yet but yeah yeah i i, I think me and cliff are gonna make a uh a promise no guarantees but like yeah we should have our our reactions to it for you by next week. Right. Uh, that being said, like, like I said, there, we still have a lot of news we need to get through. So <laughs> let's start, let's start getting through these. Um, we do have a piece of news. Like uh, I did tell Cliff this uh, before we started recording, but, and this has really only been reported one other place. Uh, and this information was relayed to me. Uh We've got some Birds of Prey news. Apparently, there is a set being built, an actual set, and it's a carnival set. And that raises a lot of questions. There's a lot of implications as to what that means. As of right now, we don't have, like, there's nothing confirmed as to what it means other than there's a carnival set being built. And, uh, I mean, you know, that's speculation to begin. Uh, does that mean, you know, like who do you, who do you know or what do you know that uh, resides in a carnival? Cliff, clowns. No, I'm gonna go right? with the, the first person, the first person that we got alluded to in uh, the asylum. That's that's the guy. Mm-hmm. 
No, and I'm not talking about. Yep. I'm not talking about Joker. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the other guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, this I, I mean, I mean, look, look at yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like there's so much that you could infer from this little piece of information that it's like, I don't even know what they're gonna do, but it's exciting. You oh, know, like because. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's uh, breaking news. Um, you know, not brought to you first by Nerds of the Roundtable, but brought to you second by Nerds of the Roundtable. I think that's pretty good for us. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, we we could speculate all day what this means, but uh, you know, that's all it is speculation. But yeah, Carnival set, Birds of Prey. Can't wait. Uh, and we have another piece of breaking news that broke literally just a few hours ago. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about the new Ghostbusters movie being directed by Jason Reitman, and there was some casting news that came out today. Uh, actress Carrie Coon, who some of you might remember from Gone Girl, and some of you might not remember, she played Proxima Midnight in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard, who, I mean, if you don't know who Finn Wolfhard is, I mean, where have you been? Hiding under a rock the last couple of years? But yeah, the the two of them have joined the cast of Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters, and no no information as to who they're playing, uh, just that they have joined the cast. And I I really like Carrie Coon as an actress. Like I thought she was phenomenal in Gone Girl. And uh, I I will say her performance in Infinity War, even though she was underneath all that CGI and whatnot, was also very uh, she was very good considering we didn't even really get to see her. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. And, uh, you know, Finn Wolfhard, again, I don't know who he's playing, but um, uh, I like that kid. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff, obviously. You know, I've seen him in what everybody knows him from, but, uh, you know, I like him. I like him a lot. And I here's hoping he gets more more work in, in big movies. So, I, and, you know, Cliff, I, uh, what, do you, what do you think of this casting? So I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Finn, mm-hmm. I'm only aware of Finn in one thing, and that was the Take on Me music video uh, that was covered by Weezer. <laughs> that was just released yeah. last week. So I'm just gonna say yeah. like that was awesome. No, that I, was great. That was a nice <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was a good surprise. I was actually pretty excited for it. No, I'm a very yeah. I'm a huge fan of Finn. I'm definitely glad to see that he's getting like these bigger roles. Obviously, you know, um, Millie is the star of that show. So yeah, she's, um, she's the breakout star. But, oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of which, though, no, but I mean, other yeah, I just want to stay, stay on this really quick. But yeah, those two. Um, yeah, I mean that show. That show is amazing. So definitely, I'm excited for the casting news, especially for Ghostbusters. So I'm definitely interested to see what their direction is for those guys, and then maybe mm-hmm. we'll see like a younger generation of Ghostbusters come out. So I don't know. Hope so. Hope that's what we get. It's interesting you say that because that is the rumor. That's the rumor going around. But like I said, none of this is confirmed. It's all speculation, and you know somebody heard from a guy who heard from a guy. But uh, the rumor is that you know. Obviously, it, Jason Reitman's whole thing is he's going to bring back as many of the original Ghostbusters as he can, and uh, the rumor is that this is sort of going to pass it on to the next generation. And I know a lot of people kind of didn't like that idea, but I, you know, I like it. I dig it. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. So, yeah, man. 
I'm, I'm on board. I'm still excited. Can't wait to see it. 2020 yeah. Ghostbusters. Shoutouts. So wow, speaking... 2020, that's next year. Yeah, that's not too far away. Jeez, man. Yeah. So speaking... I didn't realize that until just now. Speaking of Finn and Millie, right? Do we want to mm-hmm. touch on David Harbour? David Harbour. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we have something yeah. amazing that came out. <laughs> we, we, we are definitely going to talk about David Harbour. And thank you for that transition because that didn't even come, come to mind. Yes, David yeah. Harbour. <laughs> Boy, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, uh, earlier this week, uh, the news came out that the, the, the new Hellboy movie is officially rated R. Uh, that's good news. I mean, the director of the film, I, I forget his name, but he, he openly stated that, you know, he wanted the film to be an R-rated movie. He shot an R-rated movie, and that's, that was the goal all along. So to get the confirmation that the film is officially rated R, good. Good news. Nothing but good news all around. And it was and Neil then, Marshall. Neil Marshall. Yes. God, why didn't I remember that? Neil Marshall, yeah, he said he wanted this to be an R-rated movie. And it's an R-rated movie. So thumbs up over here. And, of course, it, the new trailer dropped last night at midnight, or should I say this morning, whatever, semantics. Uh, the, uh, the Red Band trailer, which only confirms the R rating, F-bombs galore in that trailer. <laughs> Cliff, I'm assuming you saw the trailer, right? I'm not even, like, fuck the cursing in the movie. What about all the <laughs> bloodshed? All the blood, yeah. Oh yeah. God. All I was the like, blood and gore. Yo, there was so much bloodshed in this trailer. I was like, I'm hyped. <laughs> I'm definitely hyped for this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer and I'm like, I'm so in. I love everything they're doing. And I want to say, I know there's people out there that were like, Well, you know, I want Del Toro's Hellboy 3. So did I. But, you know, like, there's a point where you have to move on. We're not going to get that movie. So embrace this movie because it looks great. I I think it looks awesome. It looks like a ton of fun. And this trailer only enforces that, you know? Yeah. So my, my thing too is like no knock on Ron, Ron Perlman. He played an amazing Hellboy by all means. Oh, for sure. But yo, I am hyped. Like I, I don't, cause I remember when the second one came out, I wasn't excited for it like i was like mm, it's cool hellboy 2 whatever it's cool but and i watched it and i liked it i'm not gonna say i, I didn't mm-hmm. like it but seeing this trailer seeing the way the movie's getting moved seeing the way the characters are being portrayed seeing that there's a relationship between mila and uh david in it i'm like yo mm-hmm. can i please just get this movie out i don't i don't want it to come out <laughs> april 16th i want it to come out tomorrow Cause that's what so I want this movie now. I want it yes. now. <laughs> Yo, when he yeah, hit, man, I when he took the sword. Oh, go ahead. He, when he took the sword, I think he cut off like he cut off a dude's leg, and I was like, yeah, oh fuck, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like uh, there, there's so much, uh, there's so much right going on in this trailer that I, I loved it, man. I loved every second of it. I want to give a shout out specifically to the orchestral version of Smoke on the Water that yes. plays in the trailer because that was dope. 
That was. I'm that not was usually a, a fan of like when they do orchestral versions of like, classic rock songs for movie trailers, but this worked so well. Like I was so on board with it. Like it, it only made me more excited. Just you know, watching it play over the footage, and uh, you know, you you mentioned uh, Mila Jovovich. Can we talk about her real quick? Because how old is she now? I don't know how old she is exactly, but oh my god, she still looks amazing. Like, is she an actual vampire or something? Like, what's going on? Is it 43? 44? She's 43. Like, she doesn't look... She no. still looks like she did, like, you know, 10 years ago. It's did insane. I just... No, man, because I mean, the last movie her. she did was Fifth, Fifth Element, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I just saw her in Resident Evil, man. When you talk about that movie, it only came out like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she looks amazing. I'm like, God, man, she, she has great. not aged. I was like, God bless. No. She is a vampire. Her and Kate Beckinsale, yeah. I swear to God, they're vampires. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they the two of them are definitely vampires, for sure. Yeah, yeah Kate Beckinsale doesn't age. Kate Beckinsale, real name is Celine. I just want people to know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, can um, okay. So, the Hellboy trailer. I do have one gripe with the trailer, and it's nothing at all with the movie itself. Just the trailer specifically. I wish we hadn't seen Ben Daimyo turn into the Jaguar in the yeah. trailer. I felt like, uh, like if there's one thing I would have changed, I would have saved that for the movie because I mean, like you know, if you're if if you know the character, if you know the comic books, it's like, yeah, we know that. We know that's part of his story. But still, I wish that would have been a surprise for people who didn't know it, you know? Uh, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, the trailer looked amazing. And I, uh, David Harbour, shout out to David Harbour, because like Cliff, I loved Ron Perlman as Hellboy. And when they said they were doing a reboot, I was like, there's, there's no possible way anybody else is going to play the part as well, even half as well as Ron Perlman. But boy in this new trailer like the the more playful version of of hellboy that we got you know uh, that david harbour is playing like he it, his sense of humor is more playful and you know like there's that scene where he punches ben daimio in the face he's like get your game face on uh, you know i was like dude <laughs> i love that part i love that part <laughs> that was so great well there and was then a... when he's talking to uh uh, when he's talking to Mila Jovovich, he's like, it's not going to work out. You know, I'm a, what is it? I'm an Aquarius and you're fucking nuts. Like, yes. that was great. <laughs> I loved that part. That was the part I was thinking about, too. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, there's so much, like, so much information. And by the way, shout out to Daniel De Kim, because he's come a long yes. way since Lost. Like, for sure. You know, yeah. And I know people are going to be like, he had a career before that. Whatever. Everybody <laughs> remembered him from Lost fuck off exactly okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yes he yeah he was in the industry before but like yeah lost was kind of the the, the thing that out. put him on everybody's map so yeah, yeah. uh yeah man shout out to cbs and, uh, and abc <laughs> I, I also want to yeah yeah i also want to uh because yeah the i don't know if you remember this but there was very famously a controversy involving the character because they had originally cast um what's his name ed scrine to play the part. That's right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember what? You remember how that all unfolded? Like people were like, the character is supposed to be of mixed, uh, like Japanese or or whatever heritage and whatnot. And 
Ed Skrein was like, you know what? You guys are right. Like, it's, it's not right for me to play this part. And he stepped down. And, you know, he got a I – I give him a lot of respect for doing that, like, recognizing, like, hey, this, this role probably shouldn't be for me. Because, like, you, you understand, like, this movie is going to be huge. And the fact that he was like, no, this isn't right. Like, I shouldn't be playing this character. You should cast somebody. Uh, appropriate for the role and he stepped down yep you know that's classy that's a classy movie. so yeah. you know shout out to ed scrine shout out to daniel dakin just shout out to everybody involved in this movie man like the cast looks like they're killing it. and the movie like i said the movie looks great like if you're still up in arms about like not getting del toro and pearlman for hellboy 3 like look i get it i wanted hellboy 3 but like I said, there's a point where you have to just move on, you know, and embrace what we are getting because this looks great. Like, this doesn't look like a retread of what they were doing. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we see, like, the origin when Hellboy was summoned by the Nazis, but it looks like a whole different take on that. And then, like, uh, the other thing I noticed is, like, there's no, there's no Abe Sapien. There's no Liz Sherman. And I, I feel like as much as I would love to see Abe and Liz again. Like I said, I prefer that this not just be a rehash of what we already saw in the first two movies. And, you know, they've given us new characters that we haven't seen on screen before. And that's always something that I, I really enjoy. So, you know, shout outs. It looks great. You know, can we be honest? I have you? nothing bad like, to say about it. I love, I love the fact that Ty Long is in the movie. If some of you guys who might not catch that, Ian McShane, but Ty Long is mm-hmm. in the movie, and I mm-hmm. all I'm waiting for is Jack Black to come out and hit him with the skadoosh. Like that's all I want. To <laughs> <laughs> I love Skadoosh. Ian McShane. I'm oh man, <laughs> I love Ian McShane too, man. Like that, he was the first uh, cast member who was announced for this movie, and as soon as they said Ian McShane is playing Professor Room, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in. You got me right there. Totally. Yep. I'm I was like, you, you so, got the, yeah, you've got yeah. the great, great guy in there. And then it's like, I feel like every movie that he's in, like, including Kung Fu Panda, like, he just plays like mm-hmm. that. He's just a guy that, like, he just has the, his badass voice. It's just what sells it for me. Oh, yeah. Like, even in Pirates of the uh, Caribbean, or the Caribbean, like, mm-hmm. he legitimately just, I was like, yep, I'm on, I'm on board with this. He's like, I'm Blackbeard. Yes, you are. You are the fiercest like, dude. Goddamn right you are. <laughs> you goddamn right you are. Fuck Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, Jeffy man. Rush? I, I love nah. Ian McShane. <laughs> Ian McShane. Yeah, I was like, nah, man. I'm all about this guy. Yeah, yeah like even uh, uh, I'm gonna bring it up because it's a movie I love. Uh, even Hot Rod, where he plays kind of the oh, he plays the dad. You know, yeah, he's the dad. He's the, he's Rod's stepdad, and he's like you know the the dying old man. But he's still like such a badass. <laughs> like I, I love him in that movie. I love that movie in general. But you know, the, like I'm just saying, like I love Ian McShane. That guy, could, you could put him in anything. I'll watch him. Yep, I so. agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can we? So yeah, I, go ahead. Can we talk about another trailer that dropped this week too? That yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if it's really for us to kind of really talk about is because it's it's, in, it's our nerd realm right we'll put it that way mm-hmm. um but detective pikachu like i'm not gonna <laughs> lie dude like i am 100 on board with this film like i 100 
plan on taking Kira to watch that opening night. I am so hyped for this. And it's cool because, like, Kira, <laughs> I know. So Kira and I, we were watching the trailer back, and we noticed all the Pokemon that they referenced in the in the oh, trailers, yeah. on both trailers. And oh, I'm yeah. telling you, like, she got excited about one, I'd, get, I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's that one. And then, like, she got excited about another one, and then, like, I got excited about one. And then <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I find myself engulfed in this world all over again. And so, like, it's just so funny yeah. that this is going to yeah, be that I movie think where... that was their... Yeah, I think it was that's their what they were trying to do, was trying to appeal to longtime fans and obviously new fans. But then, like, uh, like all the kids are going to enjoy... Pokemon, because obviously the Pokemon. But for the adults, mm-hmm. everybody's gonna enjoy Pokemon Detective Pikachu because it's Ryan Reynolds doing the voice, <laughs> and yeah. like he even has like I and I'll be honest, watching this movie, I can I can watch this movie with my eyes closed and just imagine Deadpool like playing Pikachu because <laughs> it's just the quips that he have in this movie so far. I'm like, yeah. That's very much a Deadpool line in a PG world. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this scene where he's like, "Yeah, man." I... Like in the in a the trailer, there's this scene where he's like, uh, "Yeah, so he faked his death, or maybe he faked his fake death." And then like then he's <laughs> like, "Or maybe he's in an alternate universe where he's faked his death, or faking his death and faked the death." He's like, "That last one doesn't make any sense." <laughs> and you're like, Yo. <laughs> I was like, I love this yeah. trailer so much. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, like like the kid in me, I I'm very much like the, the kid at the 13, 13 year old Cliff when Pokemon first came to the US, like I was so hyped. And now it's twenty years later and like I'm Jesus I'm sitting man. here with my daughter and I'm like, yo, I'm so hyped for this movie. twenty one years later. I'm like, I'm so hyped <laughs> for this movie, man. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. There's like oh yeah I know I I know so many people who are hyped for this movie. There's and, so uh, many good movies. Coming yeah, out. like when they said Detective Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds, I was like, how is that gonna work? Now we know. Now we know <laughs> we're in. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Can you like like think about this though, man? Like just just in the next few months, right? Captain Marvel, Hellboy, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Endgame. You know, Detective Pikachu, like. Those yeah. are like, and and I know I'm missing movies in there, but those are like oh, yeah, yeah. four huge movies that we're talking about coming out just month after month after yeah. month after month. And the problem Dude, too is know, that I'm like be so broke this year. <laughs> well, think about because like what um, March eighth, what's something else coming out March eighth? Um, but we do have Captain Marvel, and then you can have Hell. Mm-hmm. It's Hellboy like early April, right? Yes. Because so, yeah. late April we have Endgame, and then you have Detective Pikachu right after that. And you're like, God bless, man! Like all these movies are just tap 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 tap, and you're like, Yeah, I man, just... we're so spoiled. I exactly, <laughs> exactly. And the cool thing too is it's like, it's not like so. I'll give it to Hellboy, right? Because it is a reboot, right? And Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu is just a continuation of of Pokemon. But like we're getting like all like the sequels right now, and it feels like every year, man. Like, the movie industry is like, stepped up. And I want to say, a lot of the movies that come out have been better quality. Like, I just have oh, to yeah, be honest, for man. Sure. It's just, it's dumb hyped right now. That's all I got to think about. 
You and me both, bro. Me and you both. And, you know, while we're on the topic of uh, trailers and uh, everything nerdy that's happening right now, we did get another trailer. Uh, we got the trailer for X-Men Dark Phoenix also dropped. Uh, that's right. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. <laughs> uh, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am legitimately hyped for this movie. I do still love the X-Men franchise. You know, like I'm not one of those guys who turned their backs on this franchise when Marvel start Marvel Studios started blowing up. I'm loyal. You know, I've been with the X-Men movie franchise since day one, and I've seen every single one in theaters, even the bad ones that I wish I hadn't seen in theaters. But you know, so X-Men United. I just Sorry. want you guys. I want everybody to understand where I'm coming from when I say, uh, you know, I legitimately love the X-Men franchise and, oh man. Okay. So this is going to get a little, this is going to get a little heavy, uh, cause it's going to get a little nostalgic and a little kind of a little, uh, <laughs> emotional because like I said, I, I am looking forward to this movie and the thing that, uh, the thing that bothers me is that you know, it's, it's no secret that, you know, uh, Disney bought up uh, all of Fox's movie and TV um, ch- uh, channels. And so, you know, obviously Disney slash Marvel now has the X-Men under their banner. And, you know, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, but it... This movie, it, it feels like it's going to be the end of an era. You know what I mean? And honestly, I'm not ready for it to end because I feel like we just got a cast together that is really good. You know, I'm specifically like, yes, well, I'm talking about James McAvoy. I'm talking about Michael Fassbender, Evan Peters. But I, I want to give a shout out to who I believe is kind of the, uh, the underappreciated MVP of these last two movies. And that would be Ty Sheridan as Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge Cyclops fan. I'm talking about Cyclops from the comic books, you know, not the the whiny guy who was in the movies played by uh, James Marsden. No disrespect to James Marsden. I love I love him. He's a fantastic, fantastic actor. And if anyone was going to play that character, I guarantee you he could have played the hell out of that character had he been given uh, better material and, you know, just uh, a a larger part to play. Unfortunately, his iteration of the character kind of took a backseat to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Uh, That's not shade at anybody. I'm just, it is what it is. But, you know, even if you didn't like X-Men Apocalypse, which I did like, I really liked that movie. I don't understand why people didn't like it. It was really good. But Ty Sheridan as Scott Summers, like that's the Scott Summers I was waiting to see in live action for so long, especially towards the end of Apocalypse where, you know, it's it's him and Gene and Nightcrawler and they're kind of, you know, they have to be their own little uh, miniature team and bust out the bigger team from uh, the Weapon X facility. And you see him sort of take charge and be the leader that Cyclops is supposed to be. And 
you know, everything I've seen from him so far in the trailers that we've gotten for Dark Phoenix, like just reinforces all of that. And I, I, I gotta say, I'm kind of sad to see all of this go because you know, once Marvel starts pumping out uh, Disney X Men movies, they're gonna replace this entire cast. Even though I wish they wouldn't. Like aside from Ty Sheridan, like I said, they've got Michael Fassbender playing Magneto. And, you know, Fastbender made me really appreciate Magneto in a way no one else had before. Again, no disrespect to Ian McKellen. He's an amazing actor. But his version of Magneto, I never really identified with. I always just sort of saw him as the bad guy, even though that's not what he was supposed to be. And again, that's no disrespect to Ian McKellen. He's a great actor. But Fastbender's Magneto was the first time I thought, oh, you know what? I, maybe I would side with him. You know, maybe. And so I feel like it... it, it you know, it, it's out of my it's out of my hands. It's out of my control. Obviously, I have no say over what anybody does with these characters going forward. But yeah, it's it's this whole thing is sort of um, sort of emotional for me because it's like this is probably the last time we're ever going to see these versions of the characters. And you know, as much as I you know, again, I I feel like I have to reiterate this every time we start talking about uh, Disney and Marvel. I have nothing against Marvel. I think what they do is great. I enjoy their films, even though I have some gripes with some of the stuff they've been doing lately. But, you know, I I honestly have no interest in in Disney X-Men. And to be completely honest, and we're probably going to get into this later because we do have a big story that we need to discuss that revolves around Disney and Marvel. But um, uh, I honestly have no interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward after Avengers Endgame. Like, I honestly think, like, that's that's where I'm going to check out, you know? Like, I, I... And it has a lot to do with the cast, you know? Like, Chris Evans as Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like, you know, those guys are leaving... Um, and I, I have no interest in the in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe without Chris Evans as Captain America. So, you know, those are just my opinions. Those are just my thoughts. Uh, Cliff, <laughs> now that I've gotten all that out of the way, what did you think of this trailer? So, let's start with the trailer, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think what it is is I'm on, I'm on burnout, right? With the death of Jean Grey. Like, I'm sorry. I know this in her character. From the comic books. To animated series. To the first trilogy. To the second trilogy. I'm just. I'm I'm done with the Phoenix Saga. I'm sorry. I have to say. I'm probably be the bad guy. The cro- problem is though. That this is the next logical step. Like, it has to mm-hmm. be. So, I'm very curious to see. Like, how the swan song looks. As far as, like, the rest of the movies go. Because, like, you know, there was that scene in the Dark Phoenix where Jean Grey and Magneto were, like, having a stare off. And then you, like, saw the helmet, mm-hmm. like, start to kind of bend towards his eye a little bit. So, yes. like, yeah. you might might see something huge pop off of this. Um, I don't... I just... I don't know yet, man. Like, I'll be honest. I just... I'm kind of drawn out with the X-Men franchise. I love it. I've watched every single one, not in theaters, um, unfortunately for them, not me. Um, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, I I loved all the movies so far. I there was I have a couple that I I don't like as much 
right? So obviously mm-hmm. for me it would be like X Men United and honestly Apocalypse I didn't really like, but that's only because X Men Two and or not X Men yet X um, X Men Two and uh, Days of Future Past had came out, so the bar felt like it kept getting elevated. And the bar wasn't being reached to what I thought the expectations could be, especially with Apocalypse, um, because of how great, like this, like this is the Sentinel scene from Days of Future Past. Like, I expected mm-hmm. so much more to come out of the Apocalypse film, but with Dark Phoenix, um, I'm very interested. I really have to say I like Storm a lot. Like, just the way she's oh, yeah, portrayed, yeah. it's like so chill. I'm like, yo, you, you are legit a badass right now. And it's funny because the only other thing that I had seen that, um, I forget what her name is, who played Storm, the only other thing I had seen her in was the Aaliyah movie. And I thought she did a good job at playing oh, Aaliyah. So, oh, wow, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, she nice. well, she was Aaliyah. <laughs> she was the main yeah. character. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw her in there, and then I saw her in X Men. Um, I saw her in the, in the X Men Apocalypse, and I was like, "Okay, cool." So I was on board. So I just have, to, I just think I don't know. Overall, like for me, MCU wise, I'm gonna continue watching because uh, one movie that does got my attention past Endgame would be Far From Home, but then after that, uh, uh. Black Panther's uh, Moon Knight is coming out, and I cannot wait to see Moon Knight in the MCU. So for me, there's other characters that obviously want to come into play, and I think for me, the biggest disappointment as far as the Marvel, the X-Men universe goes, and you'll you'll agree with me once I say this, because you're going to be like, oh yeah, Um, the one rendition I got for Gambit fucking blew. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. Taylor. You play well in other movies. I personally didn't think you were a good Gambit. I know Channing Tatum has given you props and said, yeah, his, his no disrespect, but he's not really Cajun, so he doesn't know that Cajun accent. We ne- we're probably never getting that Gambit movie, so fuck it at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I, equivalent to what people say about Hellboy 3, like, I'd have to give up on it um, until it comes out. Yeah. But I just think... For me, it hurt because obviously, um, if you guys listened to the last show with uh, Brad, the DC, the DC geek, you know, shout outs to him, by the way. Um, I'm a huge Gambit fan. Like, he is such a huge attachment to me. And to not see him in the movie at all fucking pissed me off. Like, the one rendition I got of him was, you know, poor man, cool Joe in the fucking in the casino and i'm like yo fuck him i don't like that i don't like that guy give me a better person because you know what you had the perfect and i'll be honest you had the perfect nightcrawler in alan cummings but then you fucked Mm -hmm. up with your director in x-men 3 so he didn't want to be a part of your project so he wasn't so we didn't get get another one and then this um the new nightcrawler i have to say i'm in love with because he's even cool i love the teenage look to him him too yeah he's fly He's flying. I definitely love it. So, like, I'm not. I'm not gonna be that person that's like, nah, fuck this. I'm not. I'm not hyped. But I'm okay with the Dark Phoenix. I guess I'm okay with the X Men franchise getting rebooted by Disney as long as we get like 
the core of the team as a legit badass team. And we get Gambit in there because I need me some Gambit. I need some real fuck you, I'm the badass Gambit. Maybe not saying fuck you because it's Disney and you know how they do. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think Disney's gonna let him say that, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just, I just want, I just, come on, sugar, like that's all I want to hear, man. <laughs> like, can I not get that in a fucking movie? <laughs> just once, <laughs> y'all. Let yeah, me. I, I agree with you, man. Like, it, and you remember like all the times Gambit was supposed to be in an X Men movie, and yeah. just for whatever reason they just kept writing him out. Like he was supposed to be in uh, X Men. X2, X-Men United, which I, I got to correct you on that clip. You were yeah, saying X-Men United, and then you were saying X-Men 2. X-Men 2 is X-Men United. Yeah. So. But, yeah. But yeah, he was supposed to be in X-Men United, and then they cut him out. And then he was supposed to be in X-Men The Last Stand. The Last Stand. Again, he got cut out. And then, you know, he ended up being in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which, I mean, believe me, he was the least of that movie's problems. <laughs> I mean, there's so much wrong with that movie that, like, Cliff and I could do a whole episode devoted to what's wrong with that movie. Tell but uh, we won't do you. that right now. We could do we could do it. We could maybe do that as a special episode in the future. We're not going to do that right now. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So it, it, you know, I get where you're coming from, man. It is frustrating to see, like, you know, we were waiting to see that character for so long, and the one iteration we got was less than satisfactory. Uh, like I. Uh, I do like Taylor Kitsch. I think he's a... I like him as an actor. Um, unfortunately, his career hasn't really uh, taken off. And, you know, I think it's in no short part to taking roles like um, Gambit in X-Men Origins and, you know, some... Uh, the dude did that Battleship movie that I don't think anybody saw. I saw it. But, yeah, I mean, like... I, <laughs> well... <laughs> I was the only one did in the theater. Did you see it in theaters, though? Oh, you did see it in theaters. Okay. Yeah. I, I also went to the university, but I make bad choices. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I was in the theater. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we all, you know, every now and then we, we make a bad call. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Like I said, I I saw X-Men Origins in theaters, and I, I wish I hadn't. But, you know, Yo, but it, it is what it is. I, I, do, we, I have to give props where props are due for X-Men Origins, which are there's only one to me okay mm. ryan reynolds <laughs> like yes. you had him right as well that is the only like, redeeming the only quality thing. in that movie yeah yep. like the the like what five to ten minutes he has in that movie as wade wilson like yep. let's not even get into the weapon 11 crap nope but yeah like when he's wade wilson in that movie it's gold and especially like if you know like he pretty much ad-libbed all of his own dialogue in that movie <laughs> <laughs> and that just goes to show you just how well suited Ryan Reynolds is to that character. So yeah, like that's the only part of that movie that I enjoy even to this day. So yeah, man, shout outs to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, that was it. the second shout out we gave him this episode. <laughs> uh, so all right, love. so <laughs> he does man. He's a good dude, man. I, yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds. Well, like okay, um, okay, go side, ahead. Someone us. So. Let's let's like Van Wilder, Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. Deadpool. Um, <laughs> who else can we put on that list of like awesome characters that he's played? Um, I'll even be honest, Green Lantern. I liked him in the movie. I know a lot of people are probably gonna throw some shade yeah. at me and say, "What you liked Green Lantern? Yeah, I liked Green Lantern." <laughs> I fuck it. 
<laughs> but just thing, like even I enjoy parts of that movie to this day. Like I, I don't think Ryan Reynolds was a bad choice to star in that movie, and I love uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro. Like that was perfect casting. Um, right. You know, just the sum of its parts didn't add up to a, a home run. But I mean, there are parts of that movie that I do still enjoy. So yep. you know, I'm with you on that. Come yep. at me, haters. Yep. Love you, <laughs> love you Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> we love you, Ryan. Come on the show, please. please. <laughs> I know he'll never do it, but I mean, that would be great. Um, a tweet. So yeah, aside from all the all the Ryan Reynolds love, like I said, we still have a lot of news to get through, buddy. So <laughs> let's let's keep powering through. Let's move forward. Uh, we got some news earlier about uh, regarding James James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The news is that Will Smith will not be returning as uh, Deadshot. Uh, I mean, like uh, for all we know, the character the character himself is not even in the movie. Uh, the The official story is that Will Smith had a scheduling conflict with another movie, and uh, you know, naturally, people were like, "Are they going to recast the role?" I don't think so. Um, you know, and or are you just going to replace the character? Here, here's my advice. I have a fix for you, uh, Warner Brothers, DC, James Gunn, if you're listening. Here's here's the here's the solution. If you're not going to have Will Smith. Don't recast the role because you can always have Deadshot show up in Suicide Squad 3 or you could have him show up in the Batman whenever that ends up happening. You could have him show up again somewhere else. So don't recast the role. Keep Will Smith. Keep him under contract. Here's what you do. You get Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke in the Suicide Squad. There you go. I just fixed your whole problem for you. Because you've got that man under contract and you currently have no plans for him and he would be a perfect fit for the Suicide Squad. Deathstroke has been a member of the Suicide Squad. He was their field leader for a while there. Like, just put that guy in the movie. Please. Please. Like, I would love that. But yeah, those are my two cents. Cliff, what do you you have? uh, What are your opinions on this whole story? No, I definitely agree. You know, I I don't I don't know, man. Like Will Smith is like he's a great actor. I definitely give him all the props mm-hmm. in the world. Um, I just think that had had Warner Brothers like really fully had a full plan put in place to let him know like, hey, do this, 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 and this, because these are the dates that we're gonna have open for you to do the role. It would have been way better, you know. And then if you mm-hmm. had to delay the movie, well, then obviously you have to delay the movie. And then Will Smith can go and do his next project because that's what he's supposed to go do. But I just think that if you you can't keep having these characters reappear like in and out, right? That was the whole problem that we had with like well, X Men was that like again well, okay, we go back. Uh, can can I just interject real quick and then I'll let you finish? Like uh, the Suicide Squad is the team where you can do that. The Suicide Squad has no fixed roster. Like, every time you do a Suicide Squad movie, you should change the team. Like, that that has always been my understanding of the, the team, and that's what I always hoped these movies would do. Like, I never had in my head that, oh, Will Smith has to be in the next Suicide Squad, or Margot Robbie has to be in the next Suicide Squad. They don't, because every character is expendable, all of them, even Harley Quinn. The only characters that you need to return are Amanda Waller, and possibly Rick Flagg. 
That's it. Everybody else on the roster can change, can and does change in the comic books. So yes. Will Smith not coming back doesn't bother me. You know, like if this movie's going to be a totally different lineup, I'm on board with that. And it, uh, I would be on board with that. I would be on board with those changes. Like I wouldn't have a, a huge issue with it. But me not knowing a whole lot about the Suicide Squad, right? Just to put it out there. Mm-hmm. I would 100 expect it to be, because especially in the cinematic universe, you would 100 expect mm-hmm. Harley Quinn to be back and Deadshot. Yeah, yeah, and because, I get that. Because I get that. I get like people whose only knowledge of the Suicide Squad was based being on the movie. that first movie. Yeah, would expect it to be like a fixed roster, even though it, it's not. Like you know, the Suicide Squad has appeared in live action on Smallville, uh, on Arrow. They've appeared in various animated projects. And the only staple, it's funny because we're talking about Deadshot, but the only staple in every live action iteration so far is Deadshot. Uh, so, I, I mean, I guess maybe that's me being a little bit like, oh, you just proved yourself wrong. But I mean, you know. Well, like, it, it, even, you know, in, just... even in a fun movie like The Expendables, right? Let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. You still had three... The three main characters, obviously, Sylvester Stallone wrote the movies, right? Or helped write the movies. Right. But nonetheless, like, mm-hmm. you had your three big characters that were still kind of holding the film together from movie to movie to movie, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm getting at with, like, the Suicide Squad, especially with, like, X-Men as well, right? Because we knew the X-Men franchise. We knew them based on different movies, right? So, like, Halle Berry, obviously Storm, Cyclops, and Wolverine were, like, the three staples. And it's, like... You have to kind of continue that, right? And I guess that's where I'm kind of at, is that, like, when you have someone like Will Smith locked in for a role, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to move your schedule around to, like, accompany this man because those are two big sellers is Mark, uh, Mark Roby and uh, Smith, right? And if you're just going to be over there, like, oh, we just we won't, we won't have him to film, is the film going to be just as powerful? And I guess your solution, right, of bringing Joe in makes sense. So I'm definitely on board. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that's – I I want to fantasy book this. I know you're fantasy booking it too. But <laughs> I hope that's – I hope that's the plan. I hope that's the plan because I would love to see uh, – I would love to see Deathstroke as, like, the leader of the Suicide Squad. And I would love, like, some kind of interaction mm-hmm. between, like, Harley Quinn and Deathstroke where she says something along like, Oh who put God, you in? Yeah. Who put you in charge? And he's like, I don't see a leader, <laughs> and they just kind of continue on. Yeah, from there. yeah, and I mean, like that's 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 why I'm saying, like, if you bring in Deathstroke, you know, Deathstroke is like a no nonsense guy. He's the soldier, and you know, he doesn't really, uh, you know, he doesn't really play well with others. And I mean, I would love to see his dynamic on screen with a lot of some of the other characters and i mean like that's that's one of the other things that i wanted to talk about too is like you know um i feel like with a lot of superhero movies and comic book movies i feel like because like no there's no arguing the fact will smith is a huge star and yes it would be stupid not to have him in the movie but you know whatever happened happened and you know, it, it it just doesn't seem like he's going to be in the movie. And that's, you know, that's whatever, whatever. But, what like, I is. feel like, yeah, it is what it is. And, but I feel like uh, a lot of the times people incorrectly uh, attach actors to these roles 
like I don't go to watch superhero movies for who's playing the character. I go to watch the characters, you know, the characters I read in the comic books growing up or who I watch, you know, in animated movies and TV shows. I want to see those characters in live action, regardless of who's playing them. Well, let's you know, be like, uh, let's okay. Well, let's be let's be let's play on the other side of that coin, right? So mm-hmm. we knew Toad as kids. We knew Toad as the shy, timid, kind of like misunderstood X Men, right? But when mm-hmm. Ray Park played him in the first X Men, like. Yo, they changed him. They changed him in the movie to, or they changed him in the from the movie. They changed him to the more Ray Park kind of character in the comic book series, like because they mm-hmm. liked the way that rolled. So, I guess like in, in the way of saying things though, it's like, yeah, I I get like some people will go watch a movie because of the character or like who's who who the character is, right? But then you see an actor mm-hmm. play that character in a whole different realm. And even the comic book writers and, and illustrators are like, man, like, we really should have done it that way. And then you see it change in the yeah. world. And it's cool. Yeah. And I mean, I, I and it only happens with very few characters. I'll be honest, like, I don't like seeing it all the way through. But after a while, man, like, I wanted to see the Wolverine movies because of how Hugh Jackman played Wolverine. I didn't, I love Wolverine. But I was like, yeah, Hugh, yeah, I, I'm not ready for you to give up this role in Logan but I want to see how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, like I'm saying, like, I, I don't think... What, what I'm trying to say is, you know, there are people who are out there who are, you know, obviously they're like, Will Smith's not going to be in the movie. And they're like, oh, are they going to recast the character? No. I don't, what, what I'm trying to get across is, I don't think you recast the character. Because like I said, you can just not have the character in the movie because this is a team that the roster alternates all the time so you can just be like well he you know he he escaped you know he he got out of bell rev or whatever and you know he's out there on the run you know like you you can just explain away why deadshot isn't there right and then you can just keep will smith under contract like i said he could show up in suicide squad three he could show up in the batman just keep him under contract that's all i'm saying like if the character's not gonna be in the movie like I said, you have such an easy fix there. You've got Joe Manganiello under contract. You've got the costume. Like, we saw him in costume. He looked amazing. And, you know, awesome. because ch- the plans kept changing, I don't know if you know this, this has since come out, since Justice League. You know, in that post credit scene where you see Deathstroke and Lex says, you know, would, you know, shouldn't we have a league of our own? That was not the original intention of that scene when Zack Snyder was directing the movie. His original version of that scene was supposed to set up Ben Affleck, the Batman. Because if you remember, Deathstroke was supposed to be the villain in that movie. Right. In the original version of that scene, Lex hired Deathstroke to go after Batman. And that was supposed to be the the teaser for that. But, you know, after... Uh, Zack Snyder left the movie and he was replaced by Joss Whedon and that movie became a total clusterfuck um, you know that was one of the uh, casualties of it you know he rewrote that scene and all the, the footage of Joe in that scene is Zack Snyder footage but he reshot the stuff with Lex 
you know, and rewrote this, the, the thing where he's like, shouldn't we have a league of our own? So, you know, unfortunately, you know, Joe, he's still under contract. We just don't know what he's going to, if and when he's going to pop up again anytime soon. So that's why I'm saying this is your easy fix right here. Just put him in the movie, let him be Deathstroke, satisfy fans like myself who want to see that character in live action and would love to see him in the Suicide Squad. That's all I'm saying. I feel you on that. This is a good point. Yeah. Point counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that that's the beauty of doing a podcast or, you know, doing this show. Like, you know, we get to examine these things from all different angles. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the news. Like I said, we 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 don't know what's gonna happen. We're just speculating. We're fans just like you guys are. Um We're about to get into some heavy stuff right now. I have to forewarn everybody out here, this is not going to be an easy story to cover because uh, I've got a lot of heavy thoughts on this and opinions, and I'm sure Cliff does as well. But I'm going to say this to you, the listeners right now. This is going to get heavy. I'm going to take you to Mordor, but don't worry. I'm going to bring you right back to the Shire, okay? Just stay, <laughs> stick it out with us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just stick it out with us because this is this is something that I feel needs to be addressed. So earlier in the week, there was uh, there there's been some drama surrounding this movie, and like I said earlier, we're gonna uh, dive into some Marvel related stuff. Oh, all right, <clears throat> so Captain Marvel and uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and immediately you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, there was a story that came out, and uh, it, it, you know, it, it's not just a story. This is something that actually happened. So Rotten Tomatoes removed the percentage in common for all the movies on their website. Uh, specifically, uh, this is just prior to a movie's release. I guess once the movie comes out, you can then start. Uh, you know, everything will run smoothly. But it all seems to have come from. And even though Rotten Tomatoes came out and said, no, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with this. This was something we've been planning for a while. But it all just seems a little suspicious that, like, how much of a coincidence is it that it happened just as this was all happening to Captain Marvel on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, you know, people were already, were like downvoting the movie, saying, not interested, not interested. And uh, people were posting fake negative reviews for the movie. And I want to uh, forward this with um, Captain Marvel is not the first movie that this has happened to on Rotten Tomatoes. That's why this is all very suspicious to me because clearly, and again, like I, I don't have anything to back this up, just a lot of gut feelings and just everything I've seen and read. But um, it seems to have stemmed from what's happening with Captain Marvel, like I just said, but it also is happening to star wars episode nine which is also a disney movie um you know fans were also because there are people out there who still are upset about uh star wars the last jedi i loved the last jedi i will defend that movie until my dying day i love it it's the best star wars movie since empire strikes back um so you can see i have no bias here you know um but yeah people were starting to spam episode nine with uh you know, not interested and bogus fake reviews. The movie hasn't even released a trailer yet. We haven't even gotten the official title for that movie yet. And people were like, oh, you know, this movie is going to suck. It's bad, blah, blah, blah. 
So uh, Rotten Tomatoes started to remove certain features from their website. And I say this is all suspicious and um, a bit hypocritical because for a while now, people have been speculating that, you know, Rotten Tomatoes ha and, and Disney have some kind of, um, some kind of uh, agreement or something or whatever. You know, I'm not going to get into all that right now, but it seems suspicious that two Disney properties came under attack and all of a sudden Rotten Tomatoes starts altering their website, how it operates, what it allows users to do and not do. And they're like, their statement, you know, they're saying, uh, uh, do, 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 let me see, I've got the article right here. They took out the want to see option and percentage for each film. Those will no longer be available before a movie's release date. Uh, let's see. The company also removed comments from each movie's page until its release date. So I say this is all suspicious because um, this same thing started happening to Batman versus Superman a whole two years before that movie was even released. And where was Rotten Tomatoes when that was happening? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it seems a bit one-sided here. Two Disney properties come under attack, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to overhaul the entire website. Uh, and they're saying, like, no, 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 this was always the plan. I call bullshit. Like, this all seems very suspicious and very much like Disney didn't want the negative uh, press around two of their biggest movies. And, you know, Rotten Tomatoes was like, okay, you're you going to give us some money or whatever? And Disney probably did. Uh, you know, like, I I'm just speculating, okay? I'm just saying, like, it all seems very suspicious. It all smells a little funny. I don't buy any of the official statement. It all just... And also, on top of that, look, I don't use Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. I have never gone onto their website and said, oh, I'm interested in this movie. I'm not interested in this movie. I've never left, left a review on their website. You know, I... For the longest time, I believe this website is, like, destroying cinema. Because people don't understand how it actually works. And so they see, like, a high score on Rotten Tomatoes. They think, oh, that movie must be good then. Or they see a low score on it and think, that movie must be trash then. But that's not how this works, you know? Um, and so, like, I and a lot of other fans have started to kind of turn our backs on Rotten Tomato, anyways. But to me, this move that they did this week just kind of proves that their system doesn't work. And it's broken. It's kind of a joke. And like I said, I put this out on Twitter. I said, like, Rotten Tomatoes has always been a joke. And after all this happened, now everybody knows it. And now I'm not attacking Captain Marvel. I, I mean, I've made it no secret that I have no interest in the movie. This has nothing to do with the fact that it's a female-led superhero movie or even a Marvel movie. Just everything I've seen from the movie so far just looks very generic and bland. I honestly have no interest in seeing it, but I didn't go on Rotten Tomatoes and spam it with, you know, not interested, don't want to see. I don't use Rotten Tomatoes, you know, and, and it, people who want to say, like, oh, you don't, you just don't want to see because it's a female movie. Bullshit. Uh, Wonder Woman was my favorite movie of 2017. As much as people don't like Supergirl, I still watch it every week. I'm all for female superhero movies. I just want them to be good. And everything I've seen from this movie so far just doesn't look good. That's all I'm saying. Okay. 
I hope it's good. You know, if you guys are interested in this movie, you're excited for it. By all means, be excited for it. Go watch it in theaters. I hope it's good. I want it to be good. I want you guys to enjoy yourself. I don't want you to spend movie, spend money on a bad movie. I really don't. All I'm saying is this whole thing with Rotten Tomatoes is it just seems very suspicious and it smells a little funny for me. Um, that's really all I have to say about this. Cliff, what are your opinions? I feel like you're part of the Cree right now. <laughs> no, um, I, I agree. I think the thing with Rotten Tomatoes is just very suspicious to say, I guess, the least. Because it does come up kind of mm-hmm. funny that you could have shut you could have shut down comments anytime for any movie and you didn't and yeah, for movies any like movie. movies like BBS as well as uh, Justice League like they took horrible hits and you know Rotten Tomato was like well, that's just the way the ball bounces there folks like but then all of a sudden it's just <laughs> like Star Wars comes under attack and uh and Captain Marvel, and it's almost like, oh, this has to stop. No, it's, no, no. That's just the way it has <laughs> yeah. to ball bounce has there, folks. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I don't think this, so the the bad press that's coming along with this movie, though, for Captain Marvel, by all means, I'm going to go see uh, Captain Marvel when it comes out in theaters. I will mm-hmm. be at the midnight showing. Um, and it's only because I'm going to be at the midnight showing because I really, I'm interested in this movie. Like I, I dead ass, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I was very much to the point where I wanted to turn away only because of what Bree said, right? Had nothing to mm-hmm. do with the movie. Yeah. I'm very excited about seeing how Nick lost his eye you know according to the mcu <laughs> i'm very excited about seeing yeah. phil collison back in the in the in the big screen instead of saying on agents of shield i'm there's like a lot of parts that i'm excited about for just the overall movie i just i don't know man it's just uh the thing you that worries what, Cliff, me is, i think you might have turned me around on this movie i forgot colson was going to be in it yeah <laughs> like, but th- i mean that just goes to show like i i don't think they've been marketing the film very well like i forgot he was in this movie yeah and you just reminded me and i'm like oh yeah maybe i will go see this movie in theaters then yeah because there's like so much i think you may have there's... turned me around cliff thank you <laughs> there's a lot of cool little aspects to this because the movie did take place in the 90s that i definitely want to mm-hmm. see because there's not that there's loose ends that need to get tied up there's just open things right. that but you're we gonna... haven't seen anything in that era yet right so. exactly but yeah you know this is gonna this is just opening something that's opening up i feel like this movie and i know a lot of people are gonna give me flack for this a lot of people have given me flack for this i feel this movie is what captain america was for the avengers like it mm-hmm. was uh hey here's captain america this is his origin story. He's going to be in Avengers. That's what I feel like Captain Marvel is. Hey, this is Captain Marvel. You're going to hear some no. stuff about her. And then you're going to see her in Endgames. Like, that's just, that's the way I see it. And when I watched, and I'll be honest, when I watched Captain America the first time, I didn't like it. I I thought it was good, by all means. But I just mm-hmm. didn't like it. Because it was like, alright, well, I get what you are. You're just an origin story. That's what you are. Like, I got, like, Iron Man was really good, right? And I, I liked Thor. I didn't love it, but I liked it. But then when I saw mm-hmm. Iron Man 2 come out, I was like, yeah, Iron Man 2 was amazing. And then Captain America came out. I was like, hmm, I see where you're going with this. Like, <laughs> and I felt bad because yeah. I was like, 
I know I'm supposed to like this movie a lot more than what it did, but I was like, mm, good's cool. And that's kind of how I feel like Captain Marvel. Like, I'm going to watch Captain Marvel. I know that it's kind of like that. Hey, here's Captain Marvel, but just understand she has a huge role in Endgame. And I'm like, true. I, I can see this happening. So I guess that's where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. So I intend on watching it because I know what I'm going to be getting as the movie goes on. And it has nothing to do, to do with sex. It 100% has to do with I know where this movie is going to be, what this movie's supposed to be, and what it's going to include going into the future. So I guess that's why I'm hyped about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're not wrong. You know, and I, I you know, uh, like I said, I bring this up because, like, I have no real feelings on the movie right now, you know. Like I, for the most part, I'm not interested. But like I said, you you might have talked me into it. I might, yeah, I might check it out. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing happens when you open up a dialogue with people. Like they might change your mind, and Cliff may have just done that right now. I might check it out. But, yeah, shout out to you know, What I what I really wanted to talk about was this whole situation with Rotten Tomatoes because it smells a little rotten. Pardon the pun. <laughs> you know, it just. The whole thing irks me for a lot of reasons. Like like I said, it seems a bit hypocritical. And also, it seems like there's the whole freedom of speech, right? Freedom of expression. Like, they're limiting what people can say and can't say. Like I said, I have never used their website ever, ever before. Uh, so, you know, but it feels like when you start taking away what people can and can't do, what they can and can't say. If, if you're not allowing people to express their opinions, like, and it's not even like, look, I get like not, not letting people post fake reviews before a movie comes out. I get that. I'm on board with that. But what I'm saying is like, you can't even go on the website now and, and vote not interested, you know, because before you could vote, I'm interested in this movie or I'm not interested in this movie. Simple as that. Now you can't even do that. If you go to the website now, the only thing you can click on is I'm interested in this movie. So regardless of Captain Marvel, even if I wanted to start using this website, right, for other movies altogether, I can't even express, like, I'm not interested in this Jennifer Aniston movie. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I'm not interested in a rom-com. I'm not interested in this uh, period piece drama. I'm not interested. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't even go onto the website now. And express your opinions about other movies now. Do you suppose? And I like, feel like that's wrong. Do you suppose like major cinemas look at sites, like sites like Rotten Tomatoes, and say, you know what, the market is shifting away from like this style of movie. They want more of this style of movie, based on like those. Because mm-hmm. you know it's funny yeah. when I think about it. Yeah. So you can you can mark I I'm interested in this movie. It's also going to say a lot of those. It's going to say a lot for those movies that aren't marked that you're interested in that movie. You know what I mean? So like maybe we have Endgame. Yeah. You have yeah exactly you know, three hundred million people who are interested in Endgame, but then you have a movie like I don't know. We'll just make one up, right? The PNS mm-hmm. Part Two. Um, <laughs> right. You might get like ten. You know, <laughs> it is nothing against the yeah. film. Adrian Brody might do a great job as returning as the pianist, but. Nobody wants to see him, so like it's it is what it is. Yeah, it's like I don't think anybody was asking for that sequel, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, people got to make money somehow, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Sorry that, to that. That's one exactly guy. the point I'm trying to make. Is like you know, like uh, as a website that's dedicated to movies and whatnot, uh, it feels like 
you know, when you're trying to silence people, again, I get that you're trying to weed out the trolls and I'm all for that. Totally. But like when you're taking away the voice of people, like honest people who are just being, you know, who are just expressing like, I'm not really interested in that movie. Like that feels wrong. Feels wrong to me. Yeah. I feel that. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all I have to say on the thing. Again, you know, I get that it, it kind of got a little heavy there, but like I said, we're going to bring you right back to the Shire. So, so, you know, uh, if Cliff, if you have nothing else to say about that, we'll move on because we still have a few things to get through. Um, no, I'm good. Some of you might know, I mean, I, I hope all of you knew this, but the Oscars were last week, <laughs> last Sunday. And uh, there, there's some stuff that uh, definitely needs to be talked about uh, as far as the nerd world goes. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for winning Best Animated Picture. Uh, I mean, I called it. I knew they were going to win. But I mean, that's still a monumental achievement because not only is it a superhero movie, but it beat out everything that Disney and Pixar put out because Disney Pixar usually has that ward locked down and this movie was like nah we're gonna take it this year and deservedly so as much as i enjoyed incredibles 2 and uh ralph breaks the internet and i did enjoy both of those movies very much um into the spider-verse was on a whole nother level like i cared about those characters and their stories in that movie like so much you know and it's such it's kind of weird to say because you know uh these are characters well you know peter parker spider-man and some of his rogues are characters we've seen uh in live action multiple times before but and no disrespect to any other spider-man movies but i this movie made me really invest in the character all over again and introduced a new generation of fans to uh, other iterations of the character that I feel like they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have gotten to know without this movie like Miles Morales obviously guys like me and Cliff know who Miles Morales is and even to the casual fan like I'm sure they've maybe heard the name but probably don't know his story um, and this movie presented him and his story in a way that was very compelling and very very uh, interested, interesting. You know, you you are interested in him, his story, where he goes. Like, there's so much to this movie that is just on a whole nother level. Like, I really, I really hope this movie sets a new standard for uh, just superhero movies in general, whether it's animated or live action. Not this movie proves to you that people are interested in a story like this, where you can have multiple versions of the same character, and people will invest in it. And so, yeah, shout out, shout outs to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, the Academy Award winning animated film. Cliff, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about Into the Spider-Verse winning that award? Oh, I was on board. Um, I know I still have to watch uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? Um, <laughs> I, I have to be honest, man. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of any time the comic book, uh, comic book movie wins um an award like this mm -hmm. like i'm on board like i don't care what it is like i guess because it's so few and far that it comes up like i just i really i get it pisses me off 
right? To the point where I'm just like, yeah. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch fucking movies because if the committee's not mm-hmm. going to look at movies like this, then why the fuck are we watching? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to take. Like, let's be yeah. real. A few years ago, well, shit, a few years ago, shit, eight years ago, seven years ago, The <laughs> Avengers should have been nominated for at least Best Picture, and it wasn't. And we were all pissed about it because we were like, yo, this movie was fucking amazing. And the Academy was like, no, nah, it's too much CGI. We can't have that in our system. So whatever. Um, well, but this well, movie. I mean, I'm probably going to catch a little flight. I don't know about Avengers being nominated for Best Picture, but I mean, I, I get the sentiment. I understand what you're saying. Billion dollar um, movie and that, got nominated like, but... for one category. And that that was best score. Come on, get the fuck out of here with that. Is that really <laughs> the only one it got? It didn't yeah, get like a, a visual like nomination, best music or something like that. I think is what it was. I don't even That's remember. Insane. Like, yeah, but I'm talking about a billion dollar movie. It gets nominated for one category. You know what I mean? It was just weird. But no, no. so, so I, I'm very much, I very much love the fact that um, the one thing I, I would have to say too with with Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, the one thing I definitely definitely love. I love that the movie revolves around Miles Morales. Like, we're talking about a character who's really, like, four or five years into creation already being mm-hmm. in the movie. And, like, his his character's so powerful. And I loved it when, like, in Homecoming, when they referenced him. Like, they didn't make, like, a strong reference. Yeah. But, you know, those who mm-hmm. those who are familiar with the reference was like, oh, shit, you're talking about Miles in this movie. So I definitely loved yeah, everything yeah, yeah, about it. Even I, when I heard when I heard that line, I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Miles," and I got excited. <laughs> Yo, I got, but I got yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did. I, yeah. was, I was a huge fan. I was definitely so big shout outs, and I love the fact that I love the fact that Sony, even if it's not a live action movie, I'm I'm glad that Sony finally got a Spider Man movie right, a hundred percent right. Not like there's we there's not an argument for me about the movie. I won't be like. Yeah, they could have done this better. Just the whole movie to me, just the casting, the way the story was written, um, and even just like the cinematography. I'm just I'm just a huge fan of, and I would loved it. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely understand like where it's coming from, what what worlds are really involved, and I just I'm a huge fan. And it's got my favorite Spider-Man in it, Spider-Man Noir. So like you can't go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> voiced by the one and only Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like, think about that. Like, Nicholas Cage is in a superhero movie, and it won an Academy Award. I mean, that that's got to be pretty cool for him. Like, he got a second he's a big Oscar. superhero guy. Yeah, he's and he's a big superhero guy. So, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for him. And then he, um, can, he can wash out the taste of the second Ghost Rider movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wash the taste out of like you know like being cast as Superman and then that movie never getting made. Uh, <laughs> the guys had so many like close, close calls with movies like superhero movies. And then like, you know, they, they always just turn out bad for him in one way or another. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad he, he got like, like number one, I'm glad he got to be in into the spider verse. He, he got to voice Spider-Man noir, but also you know, he was also in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. He was the voice of Superman in that movie. Yeah. So, you know, he did eventually get to play Superman. He did. And, you know, <laughs> he made me laugh in that movie, too. <laughs> like, Yo, like, I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, man, I, I, I loved his Superman in that movie. Like, so I loved I I Little Yachty. I can quote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little Yachty. When they were like, 
Yeah, I had a, I had a movie once too, but we don't we don't talk yeah. about it. So Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, another another Ryan Reynolds reference. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so the Oscars. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was uh, Black Panther. Black Panther was nominated for multiple awards. It was nominated for Best Picture. I knew it wasn't going to win Best Picture. And honest, like as much as I love Black Panther, I don't think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. However, the fact that it was nominated, that's a game changer. Um, and it did win some awards that I felt was it was deserving of. It won Best Costume Design. And like, let's be honest, those costumes were dope. Not even just the Black Panther costumes, but, uh, you know, the people of Wakanda and everybody, just everybody in that movie, like that world felt like it came alive just in the costume design. It also won best production design, which I think it also deserved because, you know, the whole world of Wakanda, like I'm saying, not, not just the costumes, but even just the world that was presented from the architecture to you know, set decoration and everything like that world came to life. Uh, and it, it, it's because of those people, the costume designers and the set designers. It also won best score. Um, yes, it did. It did. It won best score. So, you know, congratulations to uh, Black Panther. Well-deserved. I think so. I think those were the awards. Um, I agreed with those awards. And, you know, again, it, that does make it an Academy Award winning movie. So there you go. Black Panther, shout outs to you for, you know, for, for doing us all proud. Into the Spider-Verse, same to you. Like, you know, we got two Academy Award winning superhero movies in the same year. That's, that's a big deal, I think. So, and I think that should be recognized and celebrated. Yeah, and, and I 100% agree. I loved, and I, <laughs> I, I loved Black Panther, and I mean, I loved everything, but I thought, mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm going to be honest, I legitimately would have liked to see it win Best Picture, but I get it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Green Book, Green Book was definitely, um, just reading like reviews on it and Green stuff Book. like that, it, it, it made sense, it made sense to win, Yeah. so I definitely get props, but I do have to bring up one though, right? No, I want to bring mm-hmm. up two, really, really quick, um, Best Go Song. Ahead. Definitely big shout outs mm-hmm. to Lady Gaga, by the way, for best song. Right. I love that song, Shallows. I know I'm going to get mm-hmm. more flack for this. I do love that song. Bradley Cooper and her, man, they made that song sound legit. Dude, I, I like, love that live performance that they did during the show. Like, <laughs> I'm glad he practiced. I was so involved with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was going to say, like, he sounded good. He sounded really good. Yeah, because you know, I saw live. his, I saw the live version that he did at Vegas. And he hadn't sang he yeah. hadn't sang a song for a little bit, and he sang it at um he sang it at uh, Lady Gaga's Vegas show, and it didn't sound it sounded good, it just wasn't like it wasn't as good as it was at the Oscars. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited that he had a lot of time to prepare for it. He did a great job, and I I really have to give him a lot of props for that. Um, there's one yeah. more yeah, that I you. have to have to make known, right? Uh, mm-hmm. let's give it up to Rami, right? I mean best best actor like yes right yes how fly <laughs> was that like bohemian that rhapsody was, I mean, shout out to that you know and we we were like, just talking about him a few weeks ago in the in the world yeah. of mr robot right and like how great of a yeah. role he is and now we're going to talk about an oscar winning you know he's a he's an oscar winner for playing um yeah. you know 
Jesus. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. Um, so, you know, big props to him on that, man. Like, I was very excited, very proud. And uh, I know, like, we have, we. he's got a huge future, you know, and... You know, I know, oh, I sure. know, yeah. I know your heart is like ready to kind of explode, but I wanted to give, I want to make a shout out because <laughs> I felt like that was definitely something that should be talked about. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I'm going to, uh, you totally called it. I'm about to, I'm about to get, this is going to turn into the Rami Malik love hour right now. But before, before I get into that, I want to give a shout out to big props, big shout outs to my boy, Alfonso Cuadron. Uh, you know, I am a Mexican American man. My father, uh, is from Mexico. He is an immigrant and, you know, I take a lot of pride in my heritage. Um, my mother is also of Mexican heritage, but she was born in America. I'm a third generation Mexican American. Um, so when people like Cuadron and Del Toro and Iñárritu, when they win stuff like best director, best picture, and uh, someone pointed out five of the six, uh, the previous years, all of those winners have been Mexican directors. You know, I, I just listed it. Cuaron won twice. Iñarito won twice back-to-back, which is something that hadn't happened in 44 years. And then Del Toro won for The Shape of Water. So, you know, that's something that I take a lot of pride in. And I wanted to give a shout out to to him and to those other men as well. I love you. You guys inspire me. You guys are the guys that make me want to continue to try uh, and be a filmmaker, even though I guarantee you I'll never be a filmmaker on the same level as you guys. But yeah, big shout outs to all of them. Uh, now, I am going to get into Rami Malek because this is something that, uh, again, you know, like I just said, I'm the son of an immigrant. And I know Cliff is too, so uh, maybe this resonated with you as well. And if it did, please, please, you know, uh, voice, voice your opinions. But when he won Best Actor, I'm starting to get choked up already. <laughs> um, you know, and he went up there and he gave his acceptance speech. And he talked about how he was also the son of immigrants. You know, his family came from Egypt, from Cairo. And, you know, he... See, I'm already starting to get emotional. I'm going to try and keep it together. But, you know, his acceptance speech really hit home for me, you know. And the thing is, like I said, I got into Mr. Robot only very recently. And, you know, I've been a huge Queen fan the majority of my life. You know, Freddie Mercury is someone that I... You know, yes, he was a gay man and I'm a straight man, but I mean, I still always really identified with a lot of the things that he he sang about. And, you know, Freddie Mercury was also an immigrant. You know, he was born in Zanzibar. And so when Rami Malek plays, plays Freddie Mercury in a movie like that, and he does it so well, you know, going from playing somebody like Elliot Alderson on Mr. Robot, who is very quiet, and reserved and kind of calculating and very, very much an inward looking character. And then he goes and plays somebody like Freddie Mercury, who is this big, loud and over the top, larger than life persona, you know, and he, he talked about it too, where he said like, you know, 
Elliot on Mr. Robot and Freddie Mercury are both very unusual individuals, but like on totally different ends of the spectrum. And, you know, like, like I said, he, he's just someone who I kind of gravitated towards and because his, his story is something that I also kind of relate to and identify with. So I'm very, very proud of him and what he's accomplished uh, because he, it seems like he seems to have just come out of nowhere, even though he's been cutting his teeth in the industry for well over a decade, you know, and the first time he was the lead in a major motion picture, you know, he wins an Academy award for it and very deservingly. So, you know, like I said, I'm a huge Freddie Mercury fan. I'm a huge queen fan. And when I saw him in that movie it felt like freddie mercury came back to life you know like that might sound pretentious or whatever but it that's genuinely how i felt watching that movie and i you know i i am just immensely proud of everything that that man has done and i can't wait to see what he does next and you know Speaking of, we've got some information about what he's going to do next. But before we get into that, Cliff, do you have anything to say? Anything to add? I want my drinks shaken, not stirred. That's right. That's right. The future of uh, Rami Malik's career, uh, you can call him Malik, Rami Malik. Uh, He's going to be playing the next Bond vi- Bond villain in the next James Bond film. This is very exciting because I'm also a very big James Bond fan. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we don't have a whole lot of uh, details on this story either. We just know that they managed to find a way his uh, Mr. Robot schedule around what their shooting schedule is going to be. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I don't have that well. So How about you, Cliff? What do you what <laughs> let me let me touch on two different things, right? So one, yes, um, as a as an immigrant and just kinda seeing like where my mom uh she married and you know, she married an American, she got brought here onto the country. So me being um I guess you would say I don't know, I'm half I'm a half I'm a half I'm a mixed breed, well that way. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, you know, second generation Latino in, in the U.S. It's it's awesome, you know what I mean. And I love seeing like huge success stories. And so, uh, you know, he just he did it for me. Malik was up there just talking about it, and the way he just like even watching the previews, man, I was like, I I don't know if this is really random because I really feel like Freddie Mercury came back to life. Like, they just CGI'd mm-hmm. him. Like, I really felt like they just CGI'd <laughs> uh, Freddy into this role. And I was like, I'm just sold. Like, and so to see him win an Academy Award for this role, like, massive congratulations. Big ups. I'm I'm so proud to see it happen. Second part, him playing a Bond villain. Fuck yeah. I'm 100% <laughs> on board for this. Like, it's so funny because, like, all the Bond villains have come out, right? Just different people playing Bond villains. I'm just, I've been so hyped. Like, fucking Dave Batista from the WWE 
was yeah. Inspector. You That's know, right. I'm like, yo, like, shout outs to that man. You know, and look at this man's in the Guardians of the Galaxy as well. And then he just made his return back on WWE this last Monday. Oh my God, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Anyway, so yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely on board for the new Bond villain for him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. And um, like, uh, I want to. I don't know if you heard, but did you hear about uh, Batista's next uh, film role? I have not heard yet. He's he's joining um, uh, to bring it back to somebody we were talking about at the top of the show. He's joining the cast of Zack Snyder's newest film, the Army of the Dead, the zombie movie. Oh, so damn. that's pretty dope. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. He's gonna be he's gonna be one big ass zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, think about that. Like, oh man, that's gonna be insane. He's also gonna be in but, yeah, Dune. man. I what's that? He's gonna be in a new Dune movie too. That's right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, that for Dune that. movie, man. Like that. Can we talk about that real quick? Just like the cast that they put together for that movie. Incredible. They've got what Jason Momoa. Um, uh, who else do they have? They've got like a, a such an A-list cast for that movie. The cast alone has me excited. We have. Uh, I gotta um, look it up. Rebecca Ferguson's sure in there I, too. Obviously, who is that? Rebecca Ferguson is gonna be in there. She's like the lead, like the lead, lead, lead female. Um, they got Zadania. I didn't see that she was in that movie too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's gonna be in that movie. So wait a minute. So we have. Aquaman, May- MJ. Right. I'm not calling her Mary Jane. MJ. Um, yeah. We have Thanos. Bruce Momoa, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, your girl from uh, the last two Mission Impossible movies. Yep. Zendaya, Josh Brolin, Fucking Oscar Thanos. Isaac. Oh my God, I love Oscar Isaac. Javier Bardem, Dave Bautista. Dude, the list goes on and on. Yo, but wait. We have... Oh my God, this cast is incredible. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you mean to tell me right now that <laughs> looking over this movie, we have Eric, we have Eric, Eric uh, Selvig, we have Eric Selvig, Drax. Yeah, he's in the movie too. We have Drax, we have Thanos, we have Aquaman, and we're gonna have uh, and Apocalypse. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> look at all the comic book characters. I know, man. Like this movie is so the cast in this movie is insane. Oh Yo, my god! I'm on board. I'm hyped. I'm so on board, man. I'm excited. I can't Yo. wait to see this movie. And it's being directed by Denny Villeneuve, the guy who directed Blade Runner twenty forty nine, The Arrival. Like, uh, what was the other one he did? Um, I, I can't remember. But I'm all hyped up. He's done so many. He's done so many great movies. Captain Captain Salivar is going to be in a movie too. I'm hyped. <laughs> yes. Okay. He directed Sicario. I don't know if you saw that oh. movie, but that movie, dope. That was just recent uh, too, right? Sicario. Just, yeah, yeah. Sicario. Uh, Enemy Prisoners. That was the other one I was trying to remember. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, this dude. Yeah, man. The director in this cast, man. I'm so hyped. <laughs> yeah, it's it's looking good. It's promising. Better not yeah, let me down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like considering like he did the impossible and you know pulled off a sequel to Blade Runner that was just as good, if not better, than the original, which is a masterpiece. 
uh, this guy gets my vote. Like I'm, I'm down. I'm down for anything he wants to do. Me too. I'm good. So, yeah. So, uh, shockingly, we got through all the news. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of news this week. It was a big news week. It so, was big news week. Uh, yeah. Oh man, this was a pretty this was this was a pretty heavy episode. It was a roller coaster of emotions, but I thank you all for sticking it out with us. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up here, but before we do, I just want to Cliff. If there's anything else you wanna you wanna say, anything you wanna put out there. Uh, actually, uh, one thing I do wanna say is, guys, if you get a chance. Go to www.serotonics.net, S-E-R-O-T-O-N-I-X. Pre-order your new hoodie. That is my clothing line. We are definitely out pushing uh, new apparel, so we definitely want you guys to hop on. Um, and I think the new code is 20.19, so that way you can get uh, 20% off of uh, your sweatshirt when you pre-order it. So pre-order it before March 8th. It's going to be huge and uh hope you guys like it. That's right. That's right. Shout out to Serotonics. Uh yeah, I saw you guys um I saw the ad you had up on your social media today. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So push it, push it. yeah, man. Look, I I just want to say Cliff, man, I'm so proud of you, man. <laughs> like <laughs> like you're my boy, man. Like I've known you since we were kids and like to see everything that you've accomplished. I I I legit am am proud of you, man. Like, ah, uh, you you guys don't know, man. Like, this is my boy. <laughs> like, he, he's like my brother, you know. So to see him doing all this amazing stuff out there, and it, it warms my heart for real, for real. So you know, congratulations, Cliff. That's that's really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that that's the show for today. Um. I'm going to tease like we uh, hopefully we're going to have another episode of uh, Secret Origins for you guys this weekend as well. Hopefully this is one that we've been trying to do for a long time. Uh, so keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully it actually happens this time. So, OK, so that's going to be the show. Thank you all for listening. This has been Nerds of the Roundtable. I'm Antonio Padilla. You can find me on Twitter at Tron Pilgrim. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at Tron Pilgrim 87. Cliff, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, guys, find me on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all under the same CM underscore Miller 85. Just uh, shoot me a follow, shoot me a like, shoot me a, share me out with your friends, pour my own stuff out. It's cool. Um, and then, uh, again, like I said, serotonics.net. So uh, big shout outs to Frankie Culture. Thank you guys for uh, supporting us and letting us do what we do. You guys can also catch me uh, not only on this channel with Nerds at the Roundtable, but you guys can catch me on Frankensteiner as well as Get the KO. So we'll be posting up shows every week like we always do. So thank you guys for everything. That's right. That's right. We love the support. We love all the love out there, guys. And uh, I, w I also want to give a shout out to Franken Culture, our partner. I, you know, I say it every week, but I am very grateful that they reached out to us and uh, all the support they've given us. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it. One more. And that's going to do it for, for us today. One, uh, one more before we close time, out. Same nerd time. Same nerd time. Oh, go ahead. 
yeah, before we close out, one more. Um, and you're gonna, you, you'll probably say this too. Um, one big shout out, uh, big shout out to uh, Brad the DC Geek for joining us last week right. on our Secret Origins. Um, and also, yes, I did get my Gambit uh, figure. He's here. That's with right. Me. That's I'm right. I'm so excited to have him. But uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I just wanted to give big shout outs to uh, to Brad. That's right. Yeah, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to. I also wanted to give a shout out to Brad, but for uh, different. I mean, number one, uh, I'm so happy he came on the show last week. Uh, we had a blast talking to him. And uh, uh, little update. I mean, he said he's down to return sometime soon and hopefully we can make that happen i really wanted to get him on the show today and it's just like i said i was so super busy today i barely had uh i barely had time to kind of gather my own thoughts before we started recording the show so brad if you're listening i hope you're listening uh i apologize and hopefully we'll get we'll get together again sometime soon so yeah shout out to brad the dc universe geek and Clifford, man, like you, you told me, you sent me those photos of your your Gambit action figures. That's, Cliff told the story on uh, the Secret Origins last week, but uh, when we were still teenagers in high school, I got him a, a Gambit action figure because, like he said in this episode, he's a huge Gambit fan, and I knew that. And I saw this figure, and I was like, Cliff needs this. You know, it was your birthday coming up too, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna get that for him for his birthday. So I got it for him and I gave it to him. And again, this is just something that warms my heart. Like he, he had it, he still has it mint on card. And to this day, man, like he, I, I guess what your mom had it, right? Yep. Yeah. And so Cliff had it shipped out to where he is now. And he took pictures and sent them to me. And I was just like, dude, man, you really do still have that thing. <laughs> like, that is so awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. Like I said, man, Cliff, you're my boy. You're my brother. I love you. I'm so proud of you, man. I love you, too. But, yeah. I'm glad we're able to do these things. <laughs> Me, too, man. Like, I know you're busy, dude, so it's really cool that you do find the time to to still do this show with me. So, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. <clears throat> that's going to do it for us today. You can uh, just join us next time. Same nerd times, same nerd channel. Take it easy, folks. <laughs>